Hi folks. On this episode of The Crypto Frontier, we speak with Sanket Shah, Head of Growth at Polygon. Polygon is a decentralized Ethereum scaling platform that enables developers to build scalable, user-friendly dApps. Sanket talks to us about the Ethereum ecosystem's limitations and challenges, and how Polygon services plan to support a future thriving metropolis of decentralized applications. I hope you enjoy the show. Please note that this podcast does not constitute financial product advice. You should consider obtaining independent advice from a financial advisor before making any financial decisions. Sanket, thank you so much for joining me today on the show. If you could be so kind, I'd love for you to introduce yourself. Tell me a little bit about your background and how you came to crypto and and ultimately how you came to be working with Polygon. Thanks, Jonathan. Uh, It's so nice to meet you and uh, be part of the recording. Uh, so I'm Sanket. I I had the growth team at Polygon. Early I used to had the strategy team. Uh, I've been like involved with Polygon for very from the very early days, uh, almost like five years now. Uh, back in the day when uh, I think there it was just a small group of five to ten folks, and uh, when you know initially we worked on the white paper, the token economics, and few other initial marketing stuff. I think it's it's pretty it's been a pretty big journey. Just for me, hmm. just to see from there uh, to almost here over the fa- past five years. So, yeah, it's been incredibly wonderful. <laughs> so far, so good, I would say. Uh, okay, cool. That's that's really, uh, I think, a great place to start because what I'm really interested about today is talking about layer twos. And, you know, I guess Polygon is known as a layer two. I know that there's lots of things you guys are doing. I'd really love for you to zoom out, though, and, and really tell us from a high level, you know, what is the problem that Polygon's facing? Why layer twos? And fundamentally, what is a layer two? Sure. I think, I think uh, before I explain what is layer two, right, I think let's start with probably why even blockchains are required or kind of why do they exist? And I, I think it's a very uh, simple way where, you know, I think uh, if, if you, you know, go back in time almost to early 2000, right? And I think if you see how the internet has evolved, uh, it was more of an internet of information. So if you see from like, around early 2000s to almost 2010 or maybe even beyond, uh, you see like, you know, people used to always talk about data and information and people who had that sort of thing, which which are like, you know, the current big tech where they have vast amounts of data. And I think they've used those things to leverage their platforms and make it better. And it worked for, for let's say, some time until, you know, people started distrusting them. And I think uh, trust is where I want to highlight. And I think uh, this has been a recurring theme. If you look at over over the last 50 years, maybe how, how the technology has evolved. And I think it has always to do with, you know, trusting someone. And I think that's where I think blockchains fundamentally kind of comes in, where there are two major things. One is what blockchains promise is is the ability to not trust anyone but still be able to, you know, trust the system working well. And I think that they do it very simply uh, by distributing that trust rather than centralizing that trust. So in that, in other words, I think if you look at, let's say, Facebook or Amazon right now, people or Apple for that matter, people trust the platform or the company itself. And I think it works well until it doesn't uh, because, yeah, you never know, you know, today you trust them, probably let's say three years later, you don't. Uh, But I think what blockchains fundamentally allow you to do is distributed trust, which means like it can be you, me, or anyone who can be part of, let's say, a very big network. And you don't need to trust anyone. You just distribute that trust 
so much so that you know there are these basic rules that everyone follows and as long as they are good you have a very well functioning network and mm. with that i would want to piggy bank on this what this fundamentally allows us to do better is you know how web 2 or i think the early from 2000 to almost 2010 was internet of information this this era is more of an internet of value because when you look at it in a very high level right i think right now because you remove or eliminate the trust or not eliminate but minimize the trust in the system uh, there is much more uh, like people are much more comfortable sharing value over it and i think that's kind of how web3 has evolved over time so you know you see this uh, networks like bitcoin ethereum or for that matter everyone on a very high level they are they are networks of transferring value from one party to other and i think the the, the way they do it is without any physical boundaries because when you minimize the trust you even reduce the barriers to let's say the geographical borders or anything around that and i think that's kind of where you have this you know huge global liquidity pool where you know the whole network is kind of distributed across the globe and the trust is minimized and you can easily transfer value so so this is this is kind of the uh, background that i would like to set and in this network i think the fundamental problem that polygon or uh, for that matter uh, you know any scalability platform that solves is 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 the fundamental issue of scaling a certain tech because as i said right i think this trusted network the trust minimized network uh, it works well when there are few entities but i think as you kind of grow there are same issues uh, you mm. know and uh, around that that same thing and i think that's kind of where where layer 2 comes in and i think a good example here is i would use examples of cities uh, or you know real estate uh, if you see if you see how even cities have evolved over time like let's take for example a city of new york right uh, for the longest time i think let's say we go 50 back years in time i i think there was not much population there was not much growth that was happening and everyone kind of was happy so be it let's say whichever part of the new york city you are in but over time i think if you see things start getting crowded and right now i think manhattan is probably the most densest city or i would say part of new york compared to let's say the brooklyns or the queens or bronx of the world and and i think the way they try to scale is you know either you build bridges or either you build sort of uh, some sort of a way which allows you to do more with the same space uh, which in case of manhattan was mainly skyscraper so i think that's what fundamentally blockchains right now are kind of going through where you know you you are in this 1950s era where you know things are kind of very early there are there are people but there are not many people but i think what you want to build is something that is much more scalable from an infrastructure perspective so let's say maybe 5 10 years when this is more ubiquitous you don't end up into a situation like you know how probably let's say manhattan or few other dense cities are where you know in very small space you are trying to do so many things and i think that's kind of where fundamentally we are trying to solve this problem of building that you know core infra so that you know when reddits of the world or starbucks of the world or nike's of the world join with this network or this trust minimized network they are able to scale well mm. and and uh, yeah and i think uh, give a superior user experience for people to use these networks i think that's a great way of framing it i like the city example <laughs> in you know i can imagine us you know in in 1950s new york right now low rise new york um and yeah the what we're building i guess and what you guys are building uh and specifically are the uh, are the the pieces of the puzzle that allow then um a, a high a, a scaled you know more dense infrastructure or de- more de- more dense uh capacity um so so one one thing i'd like to talk about then is 
okay, how then Polygon works? Because these different solutions, fundamentally, we have a blocker. Um, people like the idea of using these trustless networks. I think that was an excellent framing. People are um, very interested in building services using trustless networks, especially where value transfer is kind of critical to the to the project. I think that that's um, you know uh, both well known and 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 also the problems facing people using the infrastructure well known, which is that the costs are so high. So you know we we replace we replace. Um, the, the, the kind of trust component, which is a critical failure with a cost component, and we're trying to now solve for cost. So um, t tell me a little bit about how Polygon solves for this and, and, and the kind of things that it does, what it did first. Let's go backwards in time. What were the first things that it did? And, the, and then we can broaden out perhaps to some of the, the other solutions that you guys are building. Yeah. So I think I, I, I'll try to keep it very objective so it's easier to understand. Uh, so I think let's talk about where let's say, uh, Ethereum kind of sits in, right? And I think Ethereum is probably one of Ethereum and Bitcoin are probably the best examples of a very good distributed trust minimized network right now. And I think fundamentally there are problems in terms of how you can scale them as a network, mainly because uh, if you want, let's say, high security. And when I say security, I think it means like, you know, people not I think the cost of attacks is much higher. Like I think very simply to put it. So if you need high security, if you need high decentralization, uh, and if you need high scalability, this all of these three things are not together possible uh, for a network, mainly because you are trying to optimize for your minimization of trust. I think that's fundamentally, you know, uh, the 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 constraints that you work with. And I think that's kind of where we come in, where, you know, what Ethereum tries to do is build a high security and a high decentralized network, but they're not able to build a high scalability network. And that's where what we do is we build on top of solutions on top of Ethereum that allows Ethereum to scale by leveraging the properties or let's say the security and decentralization of Ethereum. So in other words, I think if I were to use, go back to the analogy of the cities, right? Uh, as I mentioned, uh, fundamentally, I think this is just a piece of land in the 1950s. But over time, you see some small buildings that come in. Now, I think they are also constrained when many people kind of come in. And uh, over time, I think there are two options. Either you widen the roads, build bridges, or build skyscrapers. I think, put it simply, that is the scalability aspect of, you know, uh, uh, the, the Ethereum. And I think the way we try to do is, we try to take certain trade-offs, which Ethereum is not able to, because they are trying to optimize for security and decentralization. And I think that's kind of where, you know, currently, if I were to give an example of one of our solutions, right, uh, which is the Polygon POS chain, there, I think the way we have done is, is limit the number of, let's say, validators fundamentally so that, you know, what ends up happening is it's, it's a pretty distributed system. 100 validators is a good number, like in terms of distribution uh, compared to what, let's say, Ethereum, which is more than, I would say, 10,000. So I think it's much lesser. So I think that's kind of the trade-off, for example, that we have taken. And I think similarly, there are multiple ways, that, you know, depending on, let's say, what certain trade-offs you are okay with you take that and you can build like multiple such solutions because scalability in, in very simple sense is always about trade-off. There is no good or bad trade-off. It's just trade-off. And I think uh, having said that, uh, the way we look at, uh, let's say, scalability is more of a spectrum uh, or for that matter, even the whole decentralization space is more of a spectrum where depending on the trade-off or depending on the kind of person, the kind of use cases or the kind of... Uh, you know, security that you are comfortable with, you take different kind of trade-offs. And uh, yeah, I think that's kind of where Polygon's thesis kind of comes in, where our goal is we want to build it for the developers.
and let's say there are multiple multitudes of developers who some are okay with you know let's say good user experience but let's decentralization so that they have some bit of control over let's say the user uh, the user experience on the other hand you have someone who is you know very maximalist in some sense and they are very particular about this and they cater to those set of users so they care more about let's say decentralization but less with let's say user experience and i think that's kind of where in that whole spectrum if you imagine a semi circular arc right it starts from depending on the good user experience in terms of things you control versus let's say decentralization and you can have uh, multiple sets of solutions that you can build as a scalability uh, to to improve the scalability and i think that's kind of where our, our three four different products that so far we have built kind of lies um but yeah that i think that's a great uh, a great dis- description I'd, I'd love to for those people who you know are, are a little bit more technical we don't have to get into the engineering but but even if you could kind of name some of the products so people know what what you're talking about when you when you're talking about these kind of developer driven solutions that that meet the user experience and the kind of scalability uh needs yeah so i think let me start with polygon pos right for for i think uh, so polygon pos is 100% evm compatible uh chain uh which i mentioned has a slightly a trade off in terms of the number of validators that are there uh, what it allows people to do is uh, get going immediately so as a developer i am i have an app on ethereum i can just port it immediately uh within like 30 minutes and i can be on polygon pos i think from a developer standpoint this is very good from a user standpoint this is very good because the addresses remain the same the same tooling is there and it just works but i think the problem with this is this only scales like up to a certain point which is i think uh, based on like think the the real world behavior that we have seen it has peaked almost of 10x the actual throughput of let's say ethereum which is good but it's not that good because when you're looking for exponential scalability this is okay i think 10x is not that big of a number and that's kind of where you know uh, we have something called polygon supernet which is more of a dedicated public blockchain Uh, which is trying to optimize for let's say certain use cases for that for example i think let's say you are building let's say an nft dapp or you know you are trying to cater to let's say more than 10 million 20 million users and here you want to have a control of user experience you want to you know you don't want to be at the mercy of everyone else on the chain and i think a good analogy to explain this is you know how internet has evolved as a shared server versus a dedicated server like i think if you go back in time again uh, in early 2000s people had the shared server like everything was on a shared server it was slow internet and everything but i think as things evolved uh, 10 years later everyone was more on a dedicated server so because the the bandwidth increased the throughput required increased the use cases kind of evolved over that time and i think this is our way to position that when let's say blockchains are ready or you know when you have like maybe hundreds of millions of users joining in they won't come in via the shared server because yeah there are goods and bads around it they would want a dedicated chain which which means like they would have a dedicated block space for them that's kind of where polygon supernet is trying to you know position itself and the third which is the most important one uh, is something called polygon zk evm which i think is is kind of the holy grail of all of this scalability solutions because uh, in a very simple way i think just to go back to our city analogy right i think everyone would like to have uh, uh, you know the the culture and the vibe of let's say manhattan as a place versus let's say texas as a place where you know you have like bunch of abundance land and like people around it but i think the reality is that's not possible like everyone is kind of good in their own way but i think with zkvm with the given trade off uh, especially with the way zero knowledge 
technology works right you can have the best of both worlds and i think that's something that we have recently launched and it's on the testnet and uh, that's something that we expect that will be the holy grail and this will allow people to you know have the best of both worlds and live between let's say in between the spectrum that i was mentioning earlier yeah I mean, I, I think today is not the right day to go into ZK EVM development. Uh, I've actually have done uh, an episode on on ZK before. Um, you know, obviously there's different groups trying to build out ZK um, rollups and other methods, but I think the the Polygon one is certainly one that we could potentially return to it at some point in the future, maybe when it's live. Um, that could be a really interesting discussion. Uh, okay, cool. Well, I, I think you know, there's obviously a suite of things you guys are doing from. Um, from the point of view of building scalability tools um, for for blockchain and in particular for Ethereum, uh, I, I'd like to just you know now turn to you know briefly. I guess what what what's next? What's the what's the next challenge? And and what's the the next kind of uh, problem that that Polygon and, and this great team that you guys have are, are looking to solve? So I think the problem is still the same, which is uh, you know building infrastructure to support mass adoption of, of users because fundamentally right now, uh, one of the biggest things is, and this is like a long debate, uh, which is around f- like, do we build the infra or do we build the applications that are built on top of infra? And I think the way we look at it is, you need to do both at the same time in some sense. Uh, so that's where we are focusing on building the infra, but at the same time, you know, if you see uh, the recent news around, let's say, Reddit launching on Polygon or Starbucks ODC as a loyalty platform building on Polygon or recently yesterday how Nike created or uh, choose Polygon for their Web3 experiences. I think that's kind of our way to, you know, trying to solve for some of this problem where I think the most important thing is, okay, now you have all this infra ready. What do you do now? You need to get more people on top of this so that, you know, whatever I think we end up doing, right? People are actually able to use these products because eventually that is what matters. Uh, and I think use them for the right reasons. And I think that's kind of where uh, uh, the principles or, you know, the Web3 ethos kind of comes in. Because I think there are X number of ways to, you know, build something and get people on board. But if they are, if you're onboarding them for the wrong reasons, then yeah, might as well, you know, go back to the same space that we came from. And, and there's no point mm-hmm. of having a trust minimized network. So I think, for us, right now, the most immediate step would be to onboard as many users as we can uh, so that we are able to even validate our thesis around how to scale products. And also at the same time, I think we give a, we give, we give a good platform for users and developers to interact with and, and see how it is to you know interact in this sort of distrust minimized uh, network uh, in a way and where, where you can, you know, do things the way you please in a sense yeah agreed i think i, I think it'll be great to get your um your final thoughts on on the mass adoption question because you guys are as you say building the tools to support it but what do you think the biggest other than the lack of tooling assuming the tooling was there what what are the are there other blockers in the space um that you see kind of as critical uh to kind of grow the 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 number of users unique users um on blockchain technology so i think there are two ways to think about it or at least there are two ways the way we think about it one is a very web3 first uh way or web3 native way to you know solve for this and the other one is you know typically who has a distribution trail sort of a thing so uh the first part is you know where i'll give an example where I think what we are trying to do is 
who are these applications because the fact of the matter is if you look at it the way value accrual works in in some or the other sense right uh it 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 has to do a lot with you know the applications who build on top of let's say this infra because at some point uh, you know it's too technical for users to expect to directly use let's say a very technical platform that's where applications try to abstract some of this thing and and the way to do that well is if you leverage some of the best parts of let's say web3 and build an application that's kind of catered to that a good example for this is lens protocol i think they what they did was essentially rethought how the social graph of let's say a social media should work like and they put the whole social graph on blockchain with what with allows us is there are like you know if someone wants to let's say build an instagram right they don't need to recreate the whole thing from the start in terms of you know building the whole network mm. they can take something which was popular like facebook take its social graph and put it on its its platform and then just allow image sharing on it so this allows you to do fundamentally think very differently in terms of you know how how let's say you could scale an app so i think that's a very web3 native way and i think this is the most interesting to me uh, uh in mm. some sense because i think this is where the innovation needs to happen more and the second way is like the web2 or the distribution platform as i was saying uh, which is like you know the reddits or the starbucks of the world where i think if you go back and you say okay uh this is this is good lens protocol is good but it's very tough to build something like that because it takes a lot of effort and like lot of thought process a lot of innovation what's the other way the other way is go back uh to your you know existing rails of whatever uh, people are uh, used to use and give them an experience which is a very trust minimized in a very trust minimized way and use the existing distribution channel so for that matter reddit for example launched this platform launched their uh, you know nft avatars collection uh, yeah. which is not very different but i think it's a very different way to experience the same thing uh and what it allows you to do is now you have 3 million people you have all, i think the data or the on chain data that we uh, analyze says around 3 million users were onboarded now i think that's just 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 amazing because if you look at like you know all apps including uniswaps or any of the big apps that you are and you have in the space right now cumulatively you will have like 5 million or 6 million dapped actual users but i think with just the power of this distribution that you know these web2 platforms have you are able to you know just instantly get so many people because the sheer the number that's so much so big that it's just easy for them to onboard so i think these are the two ways uh, but the larger theme is that the applications needs to be you know leveraging some of this power of this trust minimized network and this decentralization and scarcity uh, sorry security uh, for for users to kind of you know look at it and i think it's for, from a user centric it's just a different way of experiencing uh, the same thing in some sense Yeah, it needs to be both it needs to kind of be both uh familiar but completely different, right? And that's a challenge because uh meeting those those familiarity needs are hard at the moment given that where where the space is at. Oh, uh thank you. I really appreciate your time today. It's been a really excellent conversation. I've I've enjoyed your insight especially your your kind of uh personal views as well as as well as the overview of Polygon and 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 in particular um what what we're facing at the moment which is which is uh, the early days really of of uh trustless infrastructure so thanks again and uh wishing you all the best thank you so much Jonathan thanks everyone for joining me on this show and for tuning in make sure you subscribe and review on your podcast platform of choice and we'll make sure we take you right to the edge of the crypto frontier and remember you can learn more about all things crypto by visiting kraken.com/learn until next time I've been Jonathan Miller and this has been the Crypto Frontier.